Welcome to the Enneagram Global Summit, where top experts are sharing key insights that illuminate the nine essential pathways to your true nature. Share this event with your friends and family, and come join us on Facebook at The Shift Network. And now your host, Jessica Dibb, founder of the Inspiration Consciousness School. Welcome to the Enneagram Global Summit, Nine Essential Pathways for Transformation. This session is called Revolutionary System Changes with the Enneagram, and our faculty is James Flaherty. James is the founder of New Ventures West and the author of Coaching, Evoking Excellence in Others, which is widely recognized as a seminal text in the field of coach education. James developed the methodology known as integral coaching by integrating recent discoveries in linguistics, developmental psychology, 20th century philosophy, and biology. James, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you, Jessica. Thanks. So I've had the pleasure of having you on the summit for many years now. And really just, it's so much fun, James, to feel how each year we try to co-create a sort of next level of impact and invitation to the community that's listening. And coming out of last year's, which was about some of the convergences between Buddhism and the Enneagram, and how, for instance, the three poisons and different gates in, the, in Buddhist philosophy relate to the Enneagram was just a, a lovely, not only fascinating from an intellectual perspective, but I think really gave people uh, sustenance, food for jumpstarting their own places of, you know, blindness or stuckness. And, and so this year, when we sat down to think about what could be offered, I just want to share with our Enneagram community that we had a really energized conversation about something that has never really been talked about on the Enneagram Global Summit. And some of what you're about to hear is new theory that James has been developing and what he's been interested in is how the Enneagram can actually help us with system changes. And of course, we're also aware of the need for this on our planet. I mean, system changes at the level of governance, at the, at the level of education, at the level of social structures, at the level of community, and of course, just within our work and our vocations and our businesses. And so I hope that uh, we are going to be invoking a very large global experience here that is common, that is for all of us pivotal at this time in our human species development when we need to make radical changes. So James, thank you so much for wanting to explore this topic with me. Yeah, I'm glad to do it because as you said, it's, it's wonderful that each of us attend to our own unfoldment, our own development, our own awakening. And yes, that does matter because we are all connected. And as each of us takes a step into the light, it does affect everyone else. And at the same time, let's attend to systems in which we are embedded in many different, as you already said, in many different levels. So let's you attend know, to both. You know, I liken this and I, that, a lot of times with the mind-body connection, for instance, I think we can get into a kind of hierarchical thinking about that where, and, and almost like an ungrounded thinking about it where we say, well, everything originates in the mind. And so you can affect you know, your body by what you change in your mind. Of course, that's absolutely true. But my sister, for instance, you know, died of breast cancer and... Um, she, I remember her telling me at one point, if one more person asks me how I created this, I'm going to, you know, just right. Right. 
And what I think people miss about the mind-body connection is that, yes, the mind has a profound impact on the body, but the body also has a profound impact on the mind. This is why holistic development and holistic self-care is so critical for even enlightenment, you know, because how we treat our bodies, what our bodies are impacted by what our bodies are introduced to will have a profound impact on our emotions and and the development of our minds and i think this is what you're going to be bringing to all of us here with the enneagram is that you know yes our personal development is going to greatly affect what we can contribute to our family to our community to the systems that we are interacting with but how our systems are equally impact us and our personal development. And this is why for real revolutionary change, I think we do need to address systems. And I think the Enneagram has a profound possibility of empowering that change. So let's start with, first of all, what, why don't you describe or define what a system is to you? What I mean by a system is a collection of elements that recurringly interact and thus become patterned. So it isn't just things that are in the same location. It's that they interact recurringly. So the example, uh, one of the easiest examples, of course, is one that you've already referenced, which is our human body. Our human body is a system with lots of different elements in it. So we have we have our sense organs, we have our heart, we have our stomach, on and on. We have all these different elements that can be discreetly understood and known, but they're always interacting and they're always affecting each other. So the body as a whole is affecting individual elements and individual elements are also affecting the whole. So it's it's a dynamic back and forth. And of so, course, you could say something like the solar system, those things are very far apart, you know, in terms of actual, the planets are very far apart in terms of actual miles, but they're in constant interaction with each other. That's right. Yep. So that's the, I put, when I was studying this in preparation for a call, I thought of four systems, levels of systems. And the first one is the personal one, where the Enneagram does a lot of its work and we can think of the human person as a system of uh, however many different elements we want to include in it. We can certainly include the usual intelligent centers of the cognition, the heart and the body are always interacting. But besides the individual system that all of us are, we are always embedded in a human system that has so many different parts to it from the different languages that we speak, the different cultures that we are part of, to the business enterprises and other kind of large collective activities that we're doing. And all that is embedded in the natural system. And uh, we're not doing so good at the moment, as all of us have noticed, of harmonizing the human systems and the natural systems. And as uh, our friend Russ, Hudson will continue to remind us that the natural system will win out in this. That uh, there's been lots of other uh, species that have come and gone in the in the world, and uh, the Earth isn't uh, dependent upon us in that sense. It'll be fine. So besides that, there's the the spiritual realm, the spiritual system that we're in that could be simultaneously, like all of these, could be thought of as a single entity, but also as a system of interacting elements. Mm. So the, sometimes when we are in the middle of something really difficult, it doesn't occur to us to look at the larger system that we're in. So this might happen for you, Jessica. It certainly happens for me, and it happens for a lot of people that we know. That our individual life, if we can talk about that for a second, as if it existed as an individual life, uh, might be going fine. Our 
our health is good, our relationships are thriving, our uh, enterprises in the world are flowing along, and yet we feel something, some deep pain or something deeply missing. And it isn't because of what's happening to me as an individual person or an individual system, but it's the larger human system. And my guess is, although you and I haven't talked about this specifically, that besides the human system, it may well be that you get, you, Jessica, get caught in, feel into the, the natural system of what's going on in nature. With uh, I read a headline in The Guardian today that humans are about to extinguish one million species by how we're living. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we can take a deep breath on that one and say that if we're, you know, we're about to do that, it is going to take something revolutionary, perhaps even quantum. So how can the Enneagram help out here? I mean, what's the golden question is, what does the Enneagram have to offer the whole thing of systems changes that maybe isn't being taken in yet? Yeah, so let's let's get into that. As you already said in the introduction, this is not something that I've had long, in-depth conversations with anybody about yet. So you and I can talk about it, and maybe other people will take up the conversation as well. So the first thing to remind all of us is that the Enneagram, my understanding of the Enneagram is it's a way of describing how human consciousness is shaped. So the way that human consciousness gets to know itself and gets to know the, the world around it, including other people, other living systems, other non-living systems, that there are such things, natural systems, spiritual systems, is through the Enneagram. Do you see it that way, or how do you see that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So <clears throat> the, the way that we, the more that we can understand how the Enneagram is shaping how we understand systems can give us more power, more leverage, more heart, more kindness, more stability, more resilience, more follow through in how we interact with systems. Because I, I think it's, as I uh, present this to you and I'm kind of smiling, you might be able to hear it in my voice, is uh, I, have, I think this is, uh, as usual, I think my work product is terrific. I think, wow, this is really good. And we'll find out as we talk what it reveals, what it conceals, all of that. I think one thing it could reveal that everyone would be really fascinated about would be how their type understands and interacts with systems. Is there something that you've recognized? So I am, I'm a big fan of, of uh, Russ and Don's book, the wisdom of the Enneagram, because uh, in there, as in other other places in Enneagram studies, they have many triads. So there's the uh, the head, the heart, and the body, or the gut triad. There's the object relations triad. There's the all kinds of different triads. So what I've put together here is a uh, three triads because three times three equals nine, of course of the different ways that people from given their type are interacting with systems. So by interacting with systems, I mean the way that they are affecting the system and the way the system, the way they're interpreting how the system's affecting them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I have uh, six different poles. For example, it's possible to try to exploit systems on one side of it, the same uh, trio of types in their different ways can also mobilize systems, depending on how awake we are, 
how onto ourselves we are, how um, we are remembering what our life's about. So for, the more we remember ourselves, the more we'll move from one side of this pole to the other. So my six that I have are one I just mentioned. We can exploit or attempt to exploit systems. We can, on the other hand or the other side of the polarity, mobilize systems. We can resist systems. As we know in the US, there's this big, system, the big call to resist a lot of the political activities in the world, especially in our country. The other side of resist is harmonize, which isn't, isn't giving in. The other uh, polarity is ignore or include. So exploit, mobilize, resist, harmonize, ignore, include. Okay, so relate that to the Enneagram. Right. So my first uh, triad is uh, eight, three, and six. So I'm uh, putting them in a, in a group, and uh, I'm proposing in this model that they are up to either exploiting or mobilizing. So I can walk through what I have to say about each of the... Yes. Uh, Why don't you quickly give an example with each one? That would be wonderful. Yeah. So, uh, so for type eight, I'm saying that they can, through uh, <clears throat> intimidation and coercion, try to exploit the system. So intimidation of uh, threatening people or just by the force of their uh, personality, keep people cohering to what they want. So there are many people who've stepped into systems and exploited it for them for their own use for their own gain by, by intimidation or by another version of that is coercion of threatening something that if you don't do this i will do that or if you don't do what i want you to do i will reveal this or that so that's on the exploit side of the the A type on the other, mobilize. I have, it's possible to inspire systems by serving. So one of the ways I understand AIDS is it's, they have this huge potential to serve, to go from trying to exploit a system, to, to turn the system so that by how they are, they're inspiring others to use this, this system and have the system itself serve human beings, serve other living systems. That's eight going to two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we'll, I'm not, I didn't do this by having it go all like that, but we'll see if it, all of it shows that it's the level of um, integration of the types. So uh, threes, um, can take credit for what's going on in the system. And nothing takes the air out of, a, out of a team or even a big organization or a big system when one person wants to take credit for it. We have a certain unnamed uh, president of the United States who famously said at his acceptance speech at the nomination of his party that he alone could turn the country around. That's an example. I'm not saying that threes is tight, but that's an example of somebody wanting to take credit for everything that's happening. And the other is, the other way is that threes can mobilize systems is to highlight the, the strengths and the success of what's going on is shine the light of people's awareness, people's caring to the strength and the success that's in the system. So that it isn't just me, that it's the whole system is doing it. And that's when systems start to become more aware of their own power to be organized for doing something that's life-giving, that's developmental. 
then I'll do the same thing for sixes and then we'll stop and we'll see what you think. Okay. As somebody who's uh, <laughs> so deeply in the Enneagram world. So uh, sixes, I said, can exploit systems by um, distracting it with endless what ifs. I've just seen this many, 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 many times in being in meetings, small group meetings, large group meetings, sometimes organizational meetings, and somebody stops the whole process, the whole unfoldment of the purpose of the, of the community by saying, well, what if we do this? And what if we do that? And it also can be stopped by demanding clarity that isn't possible clarity about the future or clarity about all the effects that something will have. That's on the exploit side. It seems strange that that's a way of exploiting it, but it's the way that a person of that type can stay in charge. They're the ones who get to say when their criteria of certainty has been met and they've been reassured enough around their what ifs that they will give their blessing, they will let the process unfold. And on the mobilized side, they can bring the courage to innovate and a safe space to innovate, to try out new things, where we don't have to continue the way that it's always been. So, and I think that this, I'm imagining people listening from their type or knowing you know, someone on their team's type or someone in their family's type or whatever, right. recognize these patterns. And I, so I think it, it seems useful to me. And what I'd like to do is, is really try to get in as much information as we can here in the time that we have. So I'm thinking just forge ahead. Let's go to okay. the next. Okay. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I wanted to stop in, in case I was uh, more deluded than usual. So the, the next um, pairing I have is between resist and harmonize. So I have harmonize. I want to talk about that because I think we all know what resist means. It's doing my best to make sure that something doesn't happen, slows down, goes the way, slows down or doesn't happen. So harmonize means, I'm meaning in the Taoist way, which is harmony means I'm stepping back and letting life flow. I am getting out of the way of what's attempting to unfold here. So uh, I have ones, twos, and fives in this triad. So ones I have as <clears throat> the way they resist is uh, Everything has to go according to my rules and standards. I'm the, the what? The guardian and the, uh, the steward of what's correct and what my rules and standards are. I think that's a, 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 an easy way to know people who identify as one can, can be that way. And in such a way that nothing happens, that the whole system closes down. They're the ones who get to say where the rules and standards are being met. And maybe some of us have tried to do something with the system, like uh, get our, a passport or get our driver's license or get a uh, refund for uh, an airline ticket. And we've come up against somebody who's doing this kind of resisting so that the system can't do what it's intended to do. It gets stopped because I'm insisting that it do it the way that I expect it to go. So the harmonizing side of one in this model is when ones bring ease and the pleasure of engagement. One of the things that happens when we get involved with systems. We know the systems don't have an endpoint. They're really always unfolding. They're always moving. They're always impermanently changing into something else. So it isn't that there's an endpoint, but we harmonize with the goodness that systems bring 
when we are enjoying the act of engagement itself. Not, according, not because it's fitting any particular rule of my invention or standard that I'm insisting upon, but the pleasure of engaging in the enterprise itself. So with twos, I see that one of the ways that people at the two point can resist systems is dismiss them as inhuman and unkind. That they're just, you know, there's not enough humanity here. There's not enough heart here. So I'm, let me just stop this. Two's I think the twos will also though, it, one thing would be let's get rid of it. Or the other thing would be just let me get away from it, you know? Right, exactly. Resisting, part of what I'm trying to say here, so let's make it explicit, is that we are involved in systems whether we like it or not. So I don't get to have a choice whether I'm involved in a biological system. I am. I Here I am with a body. I'm breathing air. I'm drinking water. I'm eating food, all of that. So I'm involved in it. I'm embedded all the time in human systems, which is where my life came from, my physical body and the language that I speak and the technology that we're using and so on is from human systems. So it isn't whether I uh, can opt out of a system or not. I'm claiming that's impossible. That's only a mental activity that one can cook up. But given we're in a system, now what? So the uh, other side of the two point in this model is they can uh, <clears throat> point out what strengthens and connects all the different elements in the system. Noticing, appreciating all the connections that we have. And that lets the whole system of, of human life, natural life, spiritual life unfold. So at the five point, which uh, I, I've heard about the five point from some of my friends. We're smiling because I'm a, I identify myself as a five. <laughs> so what, what are the ways that I can use the first person here? I can resist, this, re, resist systems is highlight all of its limitations, all of what it leaves out, all of its uh, blind spots, all of its uh, inconsistency, all, all of that, and therefore, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to participate in the system because I can see all the ways that it's limited. The other thing I could do is, as a five, is assist people in being able to see the big picture of really what we're up to here. All the, the ramifications, all the, everything that's included in the system. Assist people to step back and see the wholeness of what they're doing. Then I have um, one more category that has its, its polarity, ignore systems or include systems. And here I have four sevens and nines. So I think I didn't make a mistake by repeating any numbers, but we'll see. It sounds good to me. Yeah, good, good, thank you. So fours uh, on, this, on the side of ignore is uh, fight for the individual views insist on the individual views. These are, uh, I want to ignore, there, there isn't any system here. There's just individual people with their individual desires and their individual rights and their individual point of view. That's all there is. There isn't even a system here. What system? Show me the system. They do it that way, insisting on the individual point of view. Uh, and that can happen a lot in our culture. What uh, force could do on the side of inclusion is help us with stories that bring inclusive meaning. So using imagination to come up with stories, not theoretical explanations or diagrams that, that show it or uh, laws of nature or anything like that, but stories that bring inclusive meaning so that the, the people hearing it can understand that they are part of the system the system is something beneficial for them, that it is supporting them, it is holding them. 
sevens, ignoring, can uh, cherry pick what to support. So I like this part of the system. So let me go for that. The other parts, not, so, not, not at all, but just this part, this part, and that part, and that part. So it's a way of ignoring the, the, uh, the impact or the power of the, or the influence of the whole big system by pointing out and pulling out just the parts that I want to support, they want to have effect to me, that I want to um, get behind myself. And the inclusion uh, is a funny one. And I wrote it as uh, welcoming dislodgement. So that takes a little explanation. So what I mean by welcoming dislodgement is welcoming uh, being challenged, uh, welcoming being pulled out of what I like, what's important for me, what my personality throws me into, welcoming that in the whole system. So all of these uh, po uh, positive sides, like mo mobilize, so-called, um, or more life-giving sides, mobilize, harmonize, include, are meant to be not what one would do with an individual person, but the, when, the way that the person would relate to the entire system. So welcoming dislodgement means the way we do things in this system, be it a, a family system, a corporation, organization of any size is, we're always inviting in, <coughs> giving way to our position, inviting uh, others to support me in the system itself, to support me to be unstuck, unrigid in my view and how I live. Then um, the last, and then we can talk about this, however we end up talking about it. So the way nines can ignore system is wait out, change, and interventions. So I, I've seen this in many uh, corporations where our, organ, our company will be brought in. There'll be a number of people who will just sit back and just wait for it to all go away. Oh, here's, here's the 2019 initiative. We'll, that will come and that will go and I'll just sit here and I will be fine. And on the other side of inclusion, the nine point can in, invite all voices. Everyone has a voice that can be heard. It's important to be heard. Let's include all of that because when we listen to each other, we're more powerful, more kind, we're more um, able to, to accomplish when we're all in this together, inviting all the voices. So that's my whole... Uh, so yeah. Jane, you seem to, you gave with each type uh, an example or the primary way that you feel that they can uh, contribute to wholeness in a system. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, one thing that strikes me is that systems can feel very large and overwhelming and intractable, especially if they're centuries old. Um, and so one thing that each type might want to know is how can they keep their strength or their resiliency going in the, you know, while they're sort of trying to contribute to these system changes? I'm, so I'm just wondering, um, you know, we only have about 10 minutes, but I'm wondering if you could maybe go through quickly with each type. Can you give one suggestion that they might be able to reside in or use as a guidepost about their type um, really being able to contribute that and remain resilient within right. this. Right. So that's the main thing that I want to say today, Jessica, is that what you just said about systems is the way that lots of us know it, that they're entrenched. They've been in existence for a long time. They seem to be, they seem to be monopolizing the resources. And here I am, just an individual person. What can I do? And what I'm attempting to point out here is that each of us 
regardless of our type, has something that if we bring to a system, we'll start to move it in a more life-giving direction. That there's, it's, short, it's short-sighted and, and I'm going to say it in a strong way, and it's being negligent in our current world to not step in and attempt to, to work with systems because they are dynamic and they keep uh, changing. And there's many examples that, that we could give of systems that seem to be intractable. They couldn't change. So for example, same-sex same sex marriage in the United States. That was just no way that can change. There's, there's fundamentalists of many different religions. There's people who have their whole political career set up by it. It's being well-funded by conservative uh, people who wanted to keep it the way that it is. There's no way that that can be changed. But it did get, it did get changed. And we can just go through and talk about how the, the strengths of each of the types contributed to that. But your question was, how, could, how can one stay centered, resilient in the midst of working with systems? <clears throat> and so that was my, my first step in that, is to shift the story we have about systems from, there's this wall that I'm just, I don't know what, throwing paper airplanes at, to that this is a dynamic living uh, interaction. That every time I interact with it, shifts, and that I can awaken the system to itself more and more. I think that's the main thing that will help us um, shift from being burned out, worn out by the system. And by remembering the gifts that I bring to a system, can I, I, I think the main part of resilience besides taking care of our body, which is not a small matter in, in our contemporary world. So many of our uh, difficulties are not really difficulties. It's that we haven't slept enough. That's why the world is looking so gray and why people are uh, being mean to me. Actually, no one's being mean. We're just kind of irritated because uh, we haven't slept enough or we haven't eaten, eaten good food or exercise and so on. There's all that. That's sort of the, the, the baseline. The other is the point I'm bringing up here. I think the, the main way that we keep ourselves from giving up, giving way, the way we keep being resilient is inspiring ourselves. And uh, knowing that if I'm true to myself, the strengths of my individual type, I can start to affect large systems. And we, we can start in a small way. Maybe everyone on this call, if they haven't thought this way before, can start to work with their own life as a system, starting with their own body as a system. So am I exploiting my body? Lots of us exploit our body. My body is just to get myself to accomplish things or to have pleasure or to all the other um, intentions that human beings can have. Or is my body something that I can mobilize to bring love, goodness, uh, awakening to the world? So it works on all these different levels. The same thing. I, I resist my body. Some of us are resisting having a body. It's a, it's a pain. Oh, no. I, I ha, you know, um, <clears throat> my body isn't obeying my rules. My body should not need this much sleep. My body should not need exercise, insisting. Or I could at any moment, and, and I'm working with a, uh, one level here in my model, we can ease into the pleasure of being alive. Having a body and moving is an extraordinary pleasure. Now, we're, we're just sit, sitting here talking to each other, but if we just, just fell for a moment 
into our body, we can feel the pleasure of it. The pleasure of engaging in being alive. So, uh, coming back to inspiring ourselves. Even in our own body. And of course, lots of us ignore our body until uh, something, some pain is so awful that we can't carry on. So we ignore it. And uh, we find out certain parts of our body that we think are really good and we ignore the, the rest, just to pick the seven point for a second in this model. Or we can um, welcome dislodging from our, our habits. So one of the things that everyone will discover if they're uh, lucky enough to grow old is that the habits that we had when we were 25 don't work exactly the same when we're 45 or 65 or 85. So the seven point in this model can welcome our undoing of our own habituation. So this is meant to be a model where we can self-inspire, but also have skillful means. And the more skillful our means are, the more effect we'll see we're having on the system, which can be encouraging for us as well. James, there are two more questions that I'd like to ask you. I mean, I'm really feeling how it would be so powerful to have like study groups around this, you know, or people just supporting each other within a system to right. look at this whole like, you know, resistance, um, ignoring, you know, um, and uh, uh, resistance, ignoring, and uh, not monopolizing, but what's exploiting, the other one? Exploiting. Exploiting, right. Um, it would be so interesting to have people call each other out on that shadow in, within a system. Yeah. And yeah. also with ourselves and our own body and even our right. path. Um, and then, you know, to really support the, hey, but here's what you bring that I've, I'm forgetting, you know, about the system. This is the strength you're bringing. I can really see this being a very uh, interesting and powerful motivating force um, within a system. Now I, and, I, and so I could, we could go all kinds of places. I have two questions for you. One is still about this topic. What do you, I guess I'm leading into, don't you think that we could include as a part of the Enneagram work, our awareness of how we, um, in a sense, degrade systems or keep them from flourishing or how we can contribute to them? Don't you think that could actually become part not only of our service to the world, but a part of our own self-development. Yes, it is. Exactly. That's what I'm attempting to do with this uh, initial conversation with you is to start that conversation so that we can start to understand that, that this is always happening. It's whether we are ignoring it or resisting it or trying to exploit it or... Uh, uh, try to whistle our way through life. There's no systems here. Nonetheless, it does have its uh, effect. And um, I so appreciate your idea that people could do this in uh, in teams or groups, and it's hard to, to, like you said, call out the shadow aspect of it. The one other part of it, I wanted to make sure that listeners take up if they're ready for it, is to see how they're doing this in their relationships, because relationships are a system where the elements are dynamically always affecting each other. So am I exploiting, resisting, ignoring my relationship? Am I mobilizing it? Am I harmonizing with it? Am I including it in my whole life? Yeah, see, All this that. really seems powerful to me, uh, James, because I, I've sort of been taking in the information, but the more I'm sitting with it, and listening to you, I'm starting to feel um, inspired, certainly, but activated in a, in a powerful way 
the same way that I discovered with the mind-body connection why it was so important to do holistic development because the body affects the mind as much as the, the mind affects the body. I'm feeling that here. I just think this could be a whole inclusion into our Enneagram work, not only of sort of supporting, we, we already know, there's already great work going on that we know that an organization understanding that there's nine different types, understanding that there's nine different gifts can completely revolutionize and reinvigorate their creativity and productivity. This is, is a, a, an additional level to that, which is that we could really not only contribute to the world, but we could, and, and revolutionize systems, but we could progress our own development much faster by being aware of how systems impact us and how we're impacting systems. It just, I think it just takes us to a, a greater degree of almost like stewardship. That's, that's the idea of it, exactly. It's one of the ways I think about it or feel about it or understand it is it's stepping into more of our maturity, more of our being an adult person is, yes, this is going fine for me here in my own body, here in my own relationship, and let me step into what's necessary to shift systems. And, and then what awakens in us when we take that step? Aha, uh -huh, exactly. It's something that won't get awakened otherwise. Exactly. I love that we got to that before the end of the session. That's something that won't get awakened in us unless we actually look at the, the whole interaction with systems. So, 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 so people look at Gandhi and they think he had it just to pick someone who did this. That he had this all worked out. That he had all these virtues and qualities and strengths. No. They, when he turned and said, okay, we have whatever it was, 300 million, 400 million people in India, 300 million people in India at the time. And I'm going to do, do something. I'm going to be a conduit for this happening. Then that awoke in him. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens when we're in a relationship. Mm -hmm. We find the kind of love that we didn't know we, was possible until we, we were there. Mm -hmm. Same thing when we open our heart, mind, body to systems. We become alive and more fully ourselves in a way that we couldn't if we don't take that step. Okay, James, you've got your work cut out for you, at least by next year's summit. I think you need to have a study guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along with the, the 5,000 other projects I'm working on. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. Okay. Uh, we only have like really two or three minutes, and I really feel dedicated this year that each of the teachers will share with uh, the community just so that we really can say that we can let people know that this stuff really works and that we're walking our, our talk. Can you just say in a few sentences to a paragraph how recognizing your type, uh, one of the most powerful ways that it changed your life? So I'm a type, type five and when I found out about what it is to be a, a type five, I noticed, because that's what fives do notice, I noticed that I thought that understanding was the same as intimacy. So with my romantic partner at the time, who is still my romantic partner at the time, Stacy, that I understood her really well and understood her motivations and understood uh, her. I thought that was being close. But then when I found out that that was defense to being open to her as a person and letting her really be intimate with me, that changed everything. Mm. So instead of just meeting her through an idea of her, even though it was you know, maybe even a good idea of her, wasn't the same as uh, letting all that fall away and just meeting her person to person. And then, as you know, the, the immense joy, the pleasure, the, the power, the joy of 
genuine intimacy happened when I took away that self-defensive pattern. Very sweet, James. And I just have to say, this is one thing that, you know, people don't understand about fives sometimes from a superficial level is that fives can appear to be very, you know, cold and whatever, but I mean, their, their hearts are so soft. And when they can find the pathway through the defense mechanism, it's just so wonderful. So thank you for that story. You're welcome. Thanks for asking. And thanks for this whole big chance to, uh, to try out this new way of looking. Absolutely. And um, more, more to come. Yes. Develop, development and process. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so I just really want to thank you, James. I want to thank our Enneagram community for turning in, tuning into this and, and caring about this topic. I know many of you are going to listen to this session again. It's available uh, at no cost to everyone for the next 72 hours. And if you're finding that these sessions are really something that you'd like to be able to listen to time and time again, or even just in the future, you know that you can just go to Enneagram Summit, uh, globalsummit.com slash upgrade. Mm -hmm. And for a very nominal cost, get the whole package of all of these sessions. James, thank you so much for being with us. I want people to know that they can, they wish to be in touch with you. Your website is newventureswest.com. That's right. Newventureswest.com. Yes, that's us. James, I love sharing the path with you. Me too. Thank you very much for this chance. And um, I wish you well and all your other uh, endeavors this year and, and with the summit. Blessings. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the Enneagram Global Summit, brought to you by the Shift Network. To add this powerful collection of teachings to your personal library, visit EnneagramGlobalSummit.com slash upgrade. To join our global community of people awakening to their divine humanity and taking inspired action, visit theshiftnetwork.com. Thank you again for gathering with us and for sharing this empowering path with your friends and family.